when did when did like these when post- bigger teams had to postpone matches that's when it became who was a big the first deal. who was the first big team that had that did that you guys and then it was us and and, and then who made on so then cases people <laughs> all people have i've seen man united fans we've seen jeff paris I have not seen. I mean, I don't follow Jeff on Twitter, though, so I've not seen. Jeff him. says it in the. He said it in the chat. He had a whole thing. You guys fought. Oh well, dude, because Jeff Jeff will do that. Jeff justified Pickford breaking Virgil Van Dyke's leg. That's just what he and does. Every, and my point is, every team has that fan. On today's footy corner, City has run away from the league, but are Chelsea in danger of being caught by some of the teams behind them? Rafa Benitez has been sacked, and it looks like Big Dunk may be back as interim if the Toffees cannot entice former lover, I mean manager, Roberto Martinez. Arsenal pissed the PL off with their postponement request, AFCON is full of error and controversy, and people are selling their farts on the internet. Along with the typical predictions and nonce of the week, next. And we are back on the footy corner. Arine, how's everything going? Everything's good. Um, it's the first time we've recorded at like 9 a.m. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> how about you? It, it, is Mar- it is Martin Luther King Day, so that's why we're able to record a little earlier, get the, uh, get the podcast out pretty much, you know, right after the match has ended. Doing okay, not bad. Uh, somewhat of a busy day in store, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to talk soccer today, and and uh, it was it was an interesting weekend. A lot of stuff going on here and there, a lot of controversy uh, in the Premier League, outside the Premier League. So um, glad glad to get that across, and glad to have for those of you with a day off. Shout out! So not not shout a bad to, thing. Shout out, big dog MLK too. So so, what are your dreams heading heading into today? Any dreams? Um. To get one of my modules done for school. There you go. And I'm guessing <laughs> that's what you're doing after the recording. Um, no, I'll probably eat and shower and get my life together, and then, yeah. <laughs> Was it a good week? First week, first week back at school for those that don't, uh, you know, aren't in the school thing. Yeah, it was all right. Um, I, your class is good. The other, I mean, the other class is a lot. So, gotcha. Uh, just because it's condensed, so yeah. Yeah, you have a couple five week classes. Is that correct? Yeah, those are always uh, interesting. So, yeah, yeah, and then and then you you I you know it's funny that when you're when you're giving a a lecture for a class, sometimes you don't see the the people on camera because if you're it was one of my first times doing live uh, simultaneously in person and on Zoom, and you don't notice sometimes people show up and and there are some people that will wear some wild stuff on their Zooms. Uh, like, yeah. and they'll look pretty scary yeah it was my first time like experiencing that like graduate level and like <laughs> people were still kind of reckless it was kind of funny um like some dudes his when he talked like it was like an anime character as a <laughs> screen i don't know that just doesn't scream professional and then um oh, i forgot what i was gonna say shit the guy with the, no, the, guy with the tank top yeah, dude, he looked like he wanted to kill someone. You have to give that guy an A. <laughs> That's a good thing he wasn't live uh, in person. So we'll see. Hopefully he's yeah. a distance guy when the when the class goes. Although 
uh, when it, when they do allow in person again, I think I'll just leave the format the same because it doesn't affect me. So, um, <clears throat> so it's a uh, it's a night class and people can show up live. People can watch recordings and there's that. So um, that guy showed up live, but you know I'll I'll be on the lookout. Um, yeah. So anything outside of that? We got we got. There's some sports that start early today. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, because it is. I'm a, oh yeah, that's right. Isn't NPA have a big day on MLK Day too? Or is it just Memphis that plays? No, I I believe actually. Uh, well, I know Memphis is known to have their home game every year, uh, but across the NBA, uh, there tend to be earlier like afternoon tips. I think the Bulls and Memphis Grizzlies tip off at what like two thirty, uh, and then there yeah, I mean their games in Boston. Well, Boston doesn't seem like the place, but eleven thirty, New York twelve, Washington has a game at one. So there's some some early games, and you got Purdue. Tips off. This is why this is another reason we're going so early. They tip off in a good hour and 40 here. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Got some early hockey's got some early games. So, yeah. I didn't people, even know the Bulls were playing Memphis. That's crazy. Yeah. 2 yeah, 30 central time. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a wild day. And then, like, uh, the Hawks are playing at Seattle at 4 p.m. Uh, but yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll be catching up with my class stuff later today, too. So, shout out there. Uh, shall we jump into the action? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll start. We'll we'll get this out of the way. Uh, City one nothing went over Chelsea. Kevin De Bruyne scoring the only goal in the 70th minute. Uh, I'll I'll admit, you know, this is one that a match that happened the morning after it was a 6:30 game here. They need to put these games later. I didn't I didn't catch a lot of it to be completely frank, but I'm not surprised at the outcome. City. Seems to have had, seems to have the league done and dusted. I'll ask you this before I ask if they have won it. Are Chelsea definitely out of the running to win the league? I think everyone is at this point. Yeah. Really? I, you're not even giving yours because I give you guys a fighting chance because you have the game in hand. So, and you still maybe. play each other. So that's, you know, potential six, but. Yeah. Know. But even if, let's say we win that game in hand, we being Liverpool still eight points behind, which is a good amount um, mm-hmm. to Manchester City. They're without Mane and Salah as well. Um, that's just a huge hit. I mean, like they struck, I mean, they didn't struggle finding goals last game, but it's just, I don't know. It's like so, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain isn't going to score a goal every game. So it's like, so I, think, you, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So for you is Chelsea. So Chelsea's definitely done then done and dusted. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's too many my, points. Yeah. And here's my concern with them. All right. They seem to me, and I know they've had some, uh, some injuries here, some, some issues uh, and their EFL and, and FA cup form good, but you go to the premier league and their last three matches are, are lost, draw, draw, granted Liverpool and city were amongst those matches. Um, and they're not losing many. They're just drawing a lot that you, you wouldn't expect them to, or you wouldn't want to, uh, as as a Chelsea fan, is it possible to you that someone behind them catches them? Oh, um, that's the thing I started thinking about the other day because West Ham has closed that gap. Granted, they've played what? Uh, no, same amount of games. That that gap is close to six. Arsenal's got a couple games in hand. It's eight. Tottenham's right there, ten, but have four games in hand. It's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen just because you look at the quality of both teams and mm-hmm. Chelsea is better. And I mean, that's just what I think. 
And then um, on top of that, fucking it's West Ham. They're not that good, dude. They're overrated. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm thinking, though, if, if they continue, if, if Chelsea continues to deal with the injuries uh, of, you know, Chilwell's been out now a while. Uh, Reese James. Reese James has been out for quite a few weeks, hasn't been himself this season. Now, uh, Christensen's not going to be long-term. He had an illness. So you look at that defense that played in this match, it was quite depleted. You know, I, I know Alonso has, has had his spurts. He'll, like, play really well for, like, 10, 11 games, and then all of a sudden he's benched. Um, Shout out to to uh, Brian's boy Dave. Uh, you know, let's be honest though, Dave is is not young. You know, so no playing playing him out a, there is not the answer either. I have a question for you. Do you think this is a product of maybe Tycho got way more than the quality of his team actually is, um, or do you think this is just a string of unfortunate events? <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah that's Chelsea. a good question because they they came out the gates flying and then sometimes you'll get that with a new manager and then all of a sudden they've heard the same voice over and and he's he was great at Dortmund but at PSG right he he wasn't able to to resonate to some of the players so I don't know if his voice is becoming drowned out or if it's just a team to me that is dealing with uh, injuries covid but you'd think still the depth you know, they have so many good players. They have a second team that can beat a lot of first teams. Uh, so I that's why I just sense something slipping a little bit. I don't know if it's if it is Tuchel, because uh, there was that riff with Lukaku we talked about in the last episode. And so I don't know if his relationship with his players, I'm not saying it's totally dwindling, but I'm just saying I don't think it is what it is when they first started. And that tends to happen with, with some managers, right? Some managers come out hot, players love them. Some the players don't like right away, and then they 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 build and end up doing anything for the person. I I almost find like he and Pep to almost be a little opposite in that field, right? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like Pep comes in and maybe isn't a popular figure at first, but then the players see, oh, he's really just working on us, you know. Whereas the other way around, I don't know. Tuchel might be. I don't think he's losing them, but I just don't think his voice is as strong. Does that does that kind of answer that? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get that. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Brian thinks about uh, the, the Tuchel situation, if it's just injuries, uh, what they're going to do with the striker position. I know it's early to call Lukaku a bust, but they paid a lot of money for him, and he's not scoring all those goals that you'd think he was going to score. Isn't this Timo Warner's second season? It is. It is. I At least it might be his third, right? No, it's his second. It's his second. I think they should start starting him. I mean, like, so many people are given quote unquote time. So like, why not give him, why not give him another shot and just kind of like chalk up that first year to adapting to the league. Yeah. In fact, that's an excuse getting, I mean, in fact, that's an excuse that's been thrown around for so many players and like it works a lot of the time. So why not give him a go? Cause he matches that mold so much better than Lukaku mm-hmm. to even begin with. So yeah, I don't know. That's what I would go with. I know it's kind of bold considering like, and I'm sure Chelsea fans like are like, no way, like <laughs> never. But like, you also have to think it's not like this dude's Alvaro Morata. Like he's shown he's actually been good. Like he he was he, he started for Germany. He um, and I know Morata started for Spain for I don't know how, but like he started for Germany. He he actually lit up like the Champions League and 
uh, Germany. So, yeah. um, like the like the Bundesliga. I mean, so I don't know. And like his his style of play was quick. It was um, it was good touches, not like Lukaku and um, tight spaces. So that's that's why I think give him another chance. Yeah, he's also only twenty five. And, you know, some strikers at that yeah. age are trying to find, I feel like the two ages that, that strikers still can be very effective. You know, it, it, when they're, when they're young, they're still learning, even at 25, like midfielders, they got to be quick. That's, that's around their peak 25 to 27. But I think strikers, uh, you know, like himself, or they're trying to learn good position them and like central defenders take a little time, have to be a little older um, and they improve the most. And I, Have they ever tried playing those two together? Weird, thoughts, uh, but I don't know. I, didn't Werner play on the wing summit at, at uh, you know, and when he was in Germany, he's got the pace. I mean, from, he can, but I feel like they have so many good wingers that they wouldn't want to try that. Yeah, it seems like something you should try in like maybe like an EFL or FA Cup match, I guess. But then yeah. these guys are trying to rest him, I'm sure. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but like something Chelsea should try. I know a lot of teams do it. Get him, get him like a psychologist or like someone to work on his mental maybe attitude. Cause like at 25 at Chelsea, you could probably lose your mind or mm-hmm. like lose confidence. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I, there are sports psychologists that, that work and a lot of teams have them readily available. So like, why not have him see that? Like, you know, I don't know what, instead of just dumping him in the corner, why not try doing something about it? That's what I would do with them. Yeah. Look, looking at it, actually, they, they did play both of them in the last FA cup match. Granted it was Chesterfield. They both scored. So that's a shout out to them. Uh, But yeah, we'll see. I want to know what Brian of the things we've suggested, what do you think the answer is sports psychologists playing these two together I, I don't know what you know, I'm running out of solutions. I don't know if yeah. running out of solutions, but we want to hear, I want to hear what Brian's thoughts are on Chelsea. He's, you know, cause I'm looking, you know, they've drawn a lot of matches, you know, last five or six EPL matches, you know, I think they've one win, one loss and four draws. And I know that's not, that's not good enough. And he wasn't happy with their form. So I want to hear what his solution is too. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's, let's move it over to notice, the, notice. Notice uh-huh. how we just talked about Chelsea that whole time because no one gives a fuck about City. Look, I'm just telling you the truth. Is it because think, we think it's a foregone conclusion they're going to win the league, though? You, you direct you direct the shows. You you like tend to you know steer it the the ways of of the main topics and City, even though they're in first by a lot, aren't a main topic. That's just how it is because no one cares about them. And you Fair. you just did it without knowing it. So right right here. Yeah, I don't know. For, and and you know, to me, it's just that they've they've run away with it. There isn't much to say about them anymore. I don't know. I did also because they have no soul. They have no soul. <laughs> they Jeff, don't. your thoughts. Well, our next episode, I believe, I don't know if it's our next or the one after, is is a uh, um, as a panel because the, after this set of matches, we have international break again. So a uh, little little bit of a break coming in. Um, a team that might need that break. Manchester United, you you called it with Wreck-It Ralph. Um, they draw at Villa. I actually picked Villa to win, so I was shocked that it took so long. But uh, Bruno had a brace. United's cruising 2 nothing. <clears throat> Last 13 minutes, Jacob Ramsey scores. Philippe Coutinho is back in the Premier League. I know you were pretty happy about it. He scores the, the equalizer. 
2-2 final. Before I get into the match, I know you and other Liverpool fans were, were loving it. What were your thoughts when you saw that go in? Um, I was happy for Coutinho. Um, he was, like, one of my favorite players. Um, and, like, will go down as, like, one of the best players I've seen in a Liverpool jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he brought, like, a style of play that, like, you don't associate with Liverpool or used to not. It's, like, kind of like the fun Brazilian type, you know, like the Ronaldinho, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. Not that he's Ronaldinho, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you don't associate that with Liverpool and we I've never seen that. You know, you think of like Gerard, Alonso, Henderson, like, you know, the, the gritty midfielders that just kind of like, do their job like on point. Whereas this guy was just like fucking going nuts, like juking mm-hmm. people, like making wild passes, like screamers. So, I mean, Gerard kind of did did that too, but he just did it with more of a flair. Coutinho did. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have two of his jerseys in my closet still. But yeah, it was um that's why it was cool to see it. And like we were just talking about how we thought he was washed last what was it last week, 2 weeks ago? 2 weeks mm-hmm. ago? Yeah. I mean, he most certainly didn't look washed. And something that I noticed, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but at Barcelona he had bulked up, right? Like he looked mm-hmm. like way bigger. He mm-hmm. looked like he looked like Coutinho from like Five years ago, yes, like he wasn't big. Yeah, he was a little more fleet of foot. I mean, he came on right after they conceded the second goal, and they looked like a much different team. That's what I was going to ask you. You, you think that was like a twenty-two minute aberration? Do you see more of the Liverpool form coming back because the Barcelona form wasn't great, or do you think there's something in between that he's going to be? Because when he came on, you know, it changed. I don't know if the players got excited. Uh, of course, he impacted the game, too, but it was like night and day with how they were playing. Um, and, you know, young kid like Jacob Ramsey can learn a lot. He's been great this season, I think, for Villa. Um, didn't he also get in the way of one of one of the shots? He got, people were making fun of the fact he got in the way of a Coutinho curler. Um, but but yeah, I mean, which which one do you think Villa is going to get? Is it is it the 22 minutes we saw in this match? Is it like the Liverpool, like Barcelona or, you know, in between? I think it's like more towards the Liverpool side. I don't think it's going to be Liverpool, Coutinho. It could be, but the reason why I'm saying it could be is because Gerard knows how to use him. I think mm-hmm. before they got him, like to ask for a player like Coutinho on loan is bold because his wages are probably insane, right? So like, well, if you bring this guy on board, like you better know what the fuck you're doing with him because we're spending a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a transfer fee, but like those wages are still you know, coming from Villa, I think he he probably saw how Barcelona was using Coutinho and playing with him for like three years, four years. He was like, okay, like that's definitely not how you use him. <laughs> like I know how to get the best out of this kid. And I know, like, you know what I mean? He probably knows how to talk to him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So just maybe it's the small things, like how you use him, like playing him in his right position, like that makes him more comfortable and like, obviously brings out the best in him and I think that's what it is he's not going to get a goal and assist every game but (laughs) in 22 minutes otherwise it's just be a big joke but um I think we'll see something like close to the Liverpool side honestly I I think he'll surprise a lot of people yeah I'm, I'm I was pretty I'm pretty excited actually for Villa this is also not only did uh Coutinho debut for them in this match 
uh, as did Lucas Dina, uh, who, who has come over from Everton. We'll talk a little bit about transfers here and there. Uh, and with these additions, you know, now with Coutinho, you have someone like Emi Buendia. You have a couple of creative guys could scare the opponents. You have guys like Watkins and Ings that can finish. Now you have two fullbacks that can run up with Matty Cash. Now there's uh, Lucas Dina. I love Matt Target. Don't get me wrong, but Dina is, you know, a level better. You know, I'm a big Matt Target guy. Uh, you know, all these players moves, the manager, you know, you look at the table and Villa sits in 13th with 23 points. Uh, I think we can all agree they're safe from relegation. Do you think, I mean, they're kind of far out. They might've waited a little too long for this to happen. Can they still get into a European spot? You know, meaning sixth, I think seventh gets them the conference, or do you think they're just building to, to make some sort of run next season at this point? Looking at the teams in the top six. Yeah. I mean, I think up to what seventh, they could get seventh and still make the, the, the conference is what they call it. The way I look at it is they're, they're nine points behind Manchester United to get that mm-hmm. spot. So it's like the quality of the teams that are there is why I'm I'm struggling to say, yeah, they can. But I don't know because United's, United's not – they're just not good. <laughs> they're not good. I, I mean, mate, did you see who they started in this match? Some lad named Ilanga was playing in the midfield. Yeah. Um, Ilanga. Yeah, I'm still just going to say no, just because the quality in that team, mm-hmm. just I refuse to say no to them, but or like anyone above them mm-hmm. to have even a further drop off. So I'll say no, but I think like the second thing you said, like setting the tone, I think that's what will will happen. Yeah, to me, they're they're a team that uh, I believe they'll build for next season <clears throat> and then they'll hope to use, I think, that momentum to maybe bring another player or two aboard, um, maybe try to make Coutinho permanent if they can. And yeah, then they'll be in business. They'll be cooking with but, something good next season. But that's the thing. Like when you bring in Coutinho, if they do, that's like, that's a ton of wages. And the, I mean, there's going to be a transfer fee to that as well. Like they're not mm-hmm. just going to give them out for free. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to, that's going to affect how much, more they can improve that team. I know they don't need too much more improvement, but still, I mean, if they get Coutinho, that's pretty much like, I'm guessing they can get like one more player maybe in that window, yeah. maybe. So we don't know. Well, and that might be all they, they really need. I mean, like you, like we, just, we were saying, you look across the board, they don't look very weak at any positions. It's just a matter of fitting the pieces together. You know, you have a, a young player, like I, we mentioned, you know, I mentioned Jacob Ramsey, he's free. You know, he's a young player from that came up in their system. Uh, he could fill in the midfield. McGinn can fill in the midfield. I believe they might be selling Douglas Louis. I don't know. They can make a little money off that, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how they do. And when we talk, you know, Hey, a lot of talk about Villa. So that's, that's a good thing. They're, they're, you know, we're making, they're making noise. We're talking about them uh, real quick. I just want to bring up United uh, Ralph Raniak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you talked a lot about him. seems like yeah. you were right on the managerial front. I, I spoke to a United fan. So I was at a wedding this weekend. I spoke to a United fan at the wedding. Also was a Bills fan. So um, interesting mix there. He was watching the, the game while we were, we were at this wedding. Um, but he is saying, and he's, he's a pretty big fan. He was thinking and saying that, you know, Raniak, I want as a technical director because he's done his thing, but he, you know, I cannot wait till he's done coaching. That's what he said. So he thinks they're just going to write it out this season see what happens and then 
they're hoping he can hire a good manager and just sit in the back and be the technical director. Yeah, I, I was. I, I agree. I, I just don't understand why they got him as manager. Like, I it just didn't make sense to me. That yeah, the, appointment. The only thing I could think of is is they wanted to hire him as a technical director, but he was like, "Dude, I need time to figure out who the manager is going to be." And so, either that or the manager they want maybe isn't available. I don't know. It's a bit, some things I think will will unfold for us in the summer. Maybe well, some if him, had, I don't know. If if you bring in him as a technical director and said you know bring in an interim and he can't even make his mind up on that, that's kind of a red flag. I mean, if he's <laughs> a great guy, then he should be able to figure that out. That's your whole. That's how you fucking make money for a living. But you should but, be able to do it. But there could be. Here's the problem. Let's say he brings the the interim, and then people love the interim, and then the interim stays for two three years. Shout out Olay. You know, like what what if that happens and then he's stuck with another Olay? You know, he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't want that. I don't know. It's it's. I, I don't well, have the answers. What he would have appointed, he would have been the one that appointed it, though. True, but maybe he didn't have anyone in mind, or like he, you know, if he appointed an interim, it would have been some, some guy maybe that he didn't want. Well, you're saying he's stuck with a like. Well, if you brought in the guy, he's got to want him at somewhat a little bit, and two. If you really didn't like Olay and this guy's like Olay, then he'd pull the string earlier. If he's that good of a technical director that they're, you know, that everyone's t- saying, then but, I don't know. That's just my, that's just my point of view. But, but Olay stumbled into like this run of good form. And then they, I mean, you can't fire Olay after that. And then, then I think he had a lot of opportunities to get fired though before, <laughs> like a lot, like even like his first, his second year into the job. Yeah. That was well, just Ed Woodward being terrible. Yeah, and Edward Wood is now gone, or he's going to be gone. It's one of the two. Uh, I think effective February 1st, something like that. So okay. shout out United fans on that front. Let's go to a manager that did get fired. Rafa Benitez, finally out. It took Norwich beating them. I just found decide. that out now. <laughs> oh, you didn't know he was fired? No, when did that happen? Uh, yesterday. So it would. I think Sunday the news started to break, because... Uh, I don't know when people will listen to this. It will be out Monday. It will be out today, a little later mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, but, yeah, no, Rafa Benitez got fired finally. Um, they, they lost 2-1 to Norwich. I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, you know, we, we talked about their form one Premier League win, that, that Arsenal win since, uh, what is it, October, like October, the beginning of October. You know, losing to Norwich, uh, the goal scores in this match, Keane, Decided to score on themselves. Uh, Adam Ida scored two minutes later. So Norwich was up like 2-0 in the first 18 yep. minutes. You know, Richarlison scored, you know, enemy of the pod, Richarlison, <laughs> scoring a nasty bicycle kick. Did, did you see that one? Did you see the goal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty nice goal. Unfortunately, it didn't count as two, and Everton loses. Benitez sacked. You know, two questions. Is this a team we talked about? And I think they might be on the brink of relegation. You know, we Lucas Dina, we talked about him starting for Villa. He had those comments about how one rotten apple can ruin the club. He, you know, he talked about wanting to be there forever. And it's pretty clear he was referring to Ralph. And now both of them have left. Uh, See, what, what, how, how do you assess Everton's situation? That's what I'm confused about. Like, why, if he really cared and loved Ever- Everton or whatever, he, he knew that Rafa Benitez was not going to last like everyone and their mom knew that so like he couldn't just stick around for like three more weeks like, you know what i mean 
maybe he didn't want to take that risk. Maybe that opportunity for Villa came up and he's like, not sure if you're firing him or not. I'm not going to stick around to see that. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think he, he threw Rafa under the bus. I mean, he, he may write, maybe rightfully so, but mm-hmm. um, I think he used him as an escape to, to leave Everton. I think he was just ready for like a new challenge or saw a club that uh, better future, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Well, also Steven Gerrard being there versus unknown manager. What if that's... I mean, I mean, yeah, but like put yourself in his sho- or like hypothetically in his shoes. Let's say you're at a club and you know, you say like, yeah, I want to be there forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and you actually, let's say you actually feel that way. And then like Rafa Benitez comes in, it's this dude's first season. And like, he's playing, he's, I mean, the team's performing the way they are. Would you still stick around if you really, if you really quote unquote wanted to be there forever? Like you would assume that like the club would know what they're doing, like and eventually fire him. Yeah, but playtime has a lot to do with it, and they just weren't playing him like at all. So maybe oh, he wasn't playing. Yeah, well, he wasn't playing in a lot of matches, and I feel like that might play a role in it. You know, like if if you haven't been playing all season, you're hungry to play. This guy really ices you out. It can really sour your thoughts on an organization. On a, you know, just think about maybe you know the way I liken it is like a student. At an at a institution, and you have good professors there. You have a good experience overall. The people are nice, and then you know one bad experience could really sour everything. You know, on on that institution or organization, and um, that's that's maybe what I'm thinking. It could like tarnish the name of it a bit, and then all of a sudden someone comes along and it's like, hey, we got these good programs for you. We got this top, you know, this professor that was a Wonder Kid and, and, and a top professional and he's at our institution now. Wonder Kid and professor. <laughs> We're bringing in all these people. We got all these opportunities. Hey, you can shine here. It, it could change. It could change within months. Now, I think maybe he shouldn't have made those comments because it doesn't make him sound like a bit of an idiot, you know, because the way you laid it out, that, that does make him sound stupid. It's like, dude, if you really wanted to be there, you could have. You're good enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, very interesting situation there. I'm hearing uh, they are, and, and it might be resolved by the time we record or by the time we post this, they're trying to get permission from Belgium to bring back Roberto Martinez. He's one option. And I think Duncan Ferguson as an interim is the other. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the default. We did talk about this weeks ago. What do you think? I, I'm not going to ask about Big Dunk. We've talked about him. What do you think about possibly bringing Roberto Martinez back? I don't think he's going to leave Belgium, the Belgium job for mm-hmm. Everton. Like, right? I mean, Belgium can win a World Cup in in December. Why would you leave that opportunity to manage Everton? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't... If if Martinez does that, he's a word that I'd get canceled for for saying. So that's all I'm going to say. I mean, maybe maybe Boshiri's just going to wheel out a wheelbarrow of cash for him. And he's just like, here... This can be yours. But yeah, um, you're right. And, and there are some of the, now that I'm looking through my ITKs, um, it's saying that it is it is becoming growingly unlikely that either Belgium will let Martinez go or that he will come aboard. So <laughs> I think both are like very, very like unlikely. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like just because like this is the worst year to do that, like it's a mm-hmm. World Cup year and like yeah. Belgium 
I think they're ranked one in the world. I, mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> what the hell? Why would you do that? Plus, I'm pretty sure a lot of managers prefer national positions just because it's less stress. And I think it's more highly, sometimes more highly, uh, what do you say? Like recognized? Like, you know, I don't know. It's just give it big dunk till the end of the season. <laughs> I guess, dude, they're uh, they're not looking good. And I think Lucas Dine is a bit of a fraud with his personality, not as a player. But mm-hmm. I think he just used Rafa as an scapegoat to like see he found a better opportunity and was yeah. like, oh, my God, what am I going to say in the media? And his agent was probably like, dude, just blame it on Rafa and say, like, you actually love the club. There you there. He did it. And now he's gone. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a solution they have at manager. They have money. Um, you know, Rafa was seen. We, we thought he would be good, right? We did. Um, and, and here we sit. Roberto Who's Martinez. the owner of Everton? Uh, Moshiri. He's the one. Remember, he, he was partial, I think, Arsenal owner. And he became the majority Everton owner. Yeah. Iranian I was guy. listening to Talk Sport and a lot of callers and Who's that guy that used to own Palace or something like that? What's his name? Do you know what I'm talking um, about? Oh, uh, Simon something. His name's Simon. Simon yes. Collins? Or si- it's Simon Collins. something. Yeah, I don't know. But he, they were all saying, like, apparently this guy just isn't involved in anything that they do. Like, he like he just doesn't do his job. Right. So, he doesn't kind of know what's going on. Yeah like he's there to provide money like he's good in that sense like he's good with spending but like he just doesn't do anything like you know what i mean yeah no i believe and, you and i believe that I, I do believe that that he i think he's just saying like here's my money he's trying to find the right yeah. people and maybe he doesn't have the right people in place to to spend it yeah that's what all the callers and simon were saying they were just like yeah he's providing the money but he's not doing his job you know as an maybe owner. he's like the, like he's the just, bears owners yeah, that's actually a very a frighteningly that is a very good comparison, actually, now that I think about it. Wow. Yeah, here's our money. Um, we'll hire someone to, to do the other stuff, but then they hire the wrong people. You know, is maybe Lucas Dean is, is Lucas Dean true risky? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna go somewhere else and do well. And and yeah. that team is gonna win things. <laughs> he didn't he's the started to not start and <laughs> quote unquote lost his love for the team or something. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other, so the other, I want to mention real quick before we, we move on to, you know, elsewhere, Wayne Rooney has been mentioned as well. I'm not sure he's ready for that, for that right now. He's got his hands full in Derby, but Wayne I don't Rooney know how that mentioned. guy does a job. <laughs> he's always so, doing some stupid shit. Yeah. So big is it big dunk? Is he your answer for the, the rest of the year? I don't know what I mean. Uh I mean, I guess he's probably their only option, right? So I yeah. think so. Let me you know what? Let me do this real quick. We'll, we'll do that little game where we look up the odds. So I'm gonna look up the odds here. If United can't find an interim manager, I'm pretty sure Everton can't. Like, I don't know who else is who's out there. <laughs> no more wreck it Ralphs. Um, you know, I know you won't like this, but you know who Everton should go after? Grand the Brighton manager, yeah. yeah, he's he's on this Cause, list because so. that's like a step above Brighton. I mean, it's not like an elite manage managerial position, but it's most certainly a position that you look at and it's like, 
a team that like most seasons makes some sort of Europe European competition a Mm -hmm. and B like a lot of money to spend like as a manager that's like you know if you're given money I mean that's that's big in the negotiation status yeah he is he has the joint fifth highest uh odds so let me I go over the odds real quick Roberto Martinez is the favorite apparently uh Duncan Ferguson is second Wayne Rooney comes in at third at four to one Frank Lampard is fourth at seven to one and then it's Graham Potter nine to one odds um tied with Nuno Espirito Santo uh, and then Lucien Favre and Casper Pajolman. Don't know that lad, but I'm sure he's decent. Uh, uh, let's, shall we move on from Everton? Yeah. Who do you, what do you think's their answer? I think their answer is to go big dunk till the end of the season and um, find, they need to find a way to identify managers. If they're not going to get Roberto Martinez, find a good way to identify managers. Um, and, and I agree. I like, I, I think when the season ends, push for Graham Potter be like dude we got this money I think you're ready with what you've done with Brighton come over here and then if you don't get him um then it gets a little dicier in my opinion but I'm, I'm with you I go you know how I feel about Graham Potter and yeah I think he'd be perfect for Everton I think he'd be one of those moist kind of guys for Everton but we'll see what happens there I, listeners at the footy corner too who would you bring aboard for Everton this is all moot if they get um Roberto Martinez by the time the episode comes out, but I just don't think it'll happen. So, yeah. so let's talk about a team that we said, Hey, we're going to monitor them throughout the Christmas period. They're in fourth right now, but it's, it's gotten dicey. It's gotten closer. West Ham losing to Leeds at home. They uh, West Ham was at home. Jack Harrison with a hat trick uh, for West Ham Bowen and Fernals score their goals. Bowen almost got a late one to tie it. He, it was like a flounder out of water. He got his chest on it, but it went over the goal. Uh, table, you know, like I said, West Ham sit in fourth, but a result like this, some of their other results over the winter uh, New Year period, they lost to Southampton. Uh, you know, they did have a couple good wins against Palace and Watford, but they lost to Southampton, lost to Arsenal, losing to Leeds now at home. How do you feel about their chances of finishing top four? Not high. Mm-hmm. I think the teams below them are are better than them, if we're being honest. Um, that's just what I think. I mean, they're they're a good, fun team to watch. But again, I'm just gonna go back to the quality mm-hmm. um, of the other teams and just in better form too than than West Ham. I just don't see how how West Ham could stand for it's just like last season didn't they do the same thing last season yeah to an extent but they they did stick around enough to still get into europa last season right did they finish yeah maybe fifth or sixth so do you think do you think that'll be what happens to them yeah yeah i think that's that's still a thing i think they could finish sixth okay yeah i i believe the christmas period taught us a little bit about them not not an awful way all the time but like that they can still have bad results against you know a team like Leeds at home, a team like Southampton at home. That's the scary thing. These are the home matches. And I think you and I just talked about this, that when they're not the underdog, when they have to force the issue, can they break the other team's defense down? Or are they more of a counterattack team that's better at, hey, let's sit, 
and let's counter. And they can do that against bigger teams. You know, they're the, these home matches, granted they beat Norwich, but everyone and their mom minus Everton are beating Norwich. Mm-hmm. They're not winning these home matches against inferior opponents. And, and I agree that scares me. <clears throat> and I would say based on their form and based on the form of the teams around them, I would put them as the sixth best team. I was going to say your team is not too far. Arsenal is not too far behind. Do you think they'll finish above West Ham like by the end of the season? I do. I do. I think, I think Arsenal and one of Tottenham or United will finish ahead of West Ham. Yeah. That's why I think West Ham will be six. And I'm only saying one of, because I think both have quality, more quality, but I, I don't know. Ralph, I just feel dude. one of them will, will fuck up somewhere. You think Ralph will? You think it's because of Ralph? I do. I, honestly, I'll be honest. I, I do think it's United because their their results are not encouraging to me. Uh, and I think Conte can get Tottenham over the line ahead of West, West Ham. Yep. And it remains to be seen. But yeah, it is United that I would think is, is seventh right now. I, I saw actually something really funny. Um, it was it was on Twitter maybe the other day. Uh, some guy had said it's it's at Sam Lee. I don't know if you know him. He has a check mark. He said, watching Rafinha and Rice in the West Ham Leeds game, trying to work out who the best player outside of the top six is, and having put some real thought into it, it's probably Ronaldo. So <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah. Goes along with what we just said. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, very, very curious on what people think about West Ham outside of us. I feel like we've said the same thing, but, we, but now we've had that evaluation period. Christmas has come and gone, and it looks like we both peg them as – Sixth, you say sixth also. Yeah. Okay. And and who are the two you put above them? I think the same two you would, but like honestly, even with Ralph, yeah, no, I'm not gonna put him that low. You you were thinking maybe seven for a second. Yeah. How many points are they? Is United? Yeah, it's, it's possible. United's not that far, but they're only I think five points behind them, and they have two games in hand on on West Ham, I believe. Oh yeah. Seventh. Okay, so I Sam seventh. Yeah, it's 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 going to be close between those teams because I also look at West Ham's fixture list. They still have to play at Liverpool. They still have to play at uh, Chelsea, at Tottenham, and at United. So four big away games in their last sixteen. That's twenty five percent of their games that are going to be, I mean, battles. And then you consider they play the smaller teams at home now. They got to break them down. So let's see what happens. Um, Let's go to a team that did not have trouble in the Premier League breaking teams down without their stars this week. At least Liverpool 3, Brentford 0, Fabinho, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Minamino. Minamino scoring on his birthday, I believe, correct? So happy birthday to him. Shout out. Um, You know, did this performance for you show, because they've they've only played, you guys only played what, like two, is it two or three games now without your, well, the FA Cup game, right? Yeah, three. And you scored seven in, in two of them. Um, are Liverpool coping or learning to cope without their top stars? You know, you look at their fixtures. Are you guys going to be okay? Because, you know, in the league, you have Palace, you have Leicester, you have Burnley. You know, can you cope until they come back? Because I think you can, but I want to hear it from you. Um, I think they could cope, but just not at a high level. I think it's like this is this game was just a product of our opponent. Like, I think it's just Brentford. Like, I know mm-hmm. we drew them last time, but we've should have won like we had a ton of chances but Brentford's in in pretty awful form 
like their last couple of Premier League games. They they're on a right now they're on a two game skid. They lost. Well, I mean they beat Villa, but then they lost to City and Brighton. Um, actually lost to Brighton twice in a row because um, of an EFL Cup game. But I don't know. I just. Mm, I, and, and it was at home. I, I they're not they're not as good as uh, with, as they were with Mane and and Salah. Like it's it's pretty clear still. Yeah. So so you think the domination is more based on, on Brentford because you Brentford is. I, I think we can all agree they're not the same team they were the first two months of the season, three months. Um, but I still think you know control thirteen shots on goal. You look at the stats: twenty-seven goal attempts. That's a that's a thing they had issues with in their EFL fixture, putting those shots on goal. They put 13 of them on goal so that, I don't know, to me, that looked like good improvement. You know, you're putting your shots on the net, whoever the opponent is, right? Because when they were playing, uh, you know, 10-man Arsenal, they had 17, 18 shots, but only one, I think, on target or two on target. This one, they're Mm -hmm. putting them on target. I think Klopp pushed that. I don't know. I I thought this was a, a good result and showed that based on who they have on their fixture list, you know, until they play Inter Milan, you know, their their toughest match, and I'm not tooting our horn, I'm just saying the other teams are not good, is, is Arsenal in an EFL Cup. You know, when you're playing your Premier League matches, to me, that's it's not so bad, I don't think. Like, Leicester's not less. I mean, they're not going to have Jamie Vardy, I, I don't think, when you play them. And then Burnley and Palace, and if you make it through there, then you'll have your lads back for the uh, Champions League match against Inter Milan, and I'm sure that's was- the I was just about to ask, are they going to be back for that? Yeah, I think for sure they'd be back for the Champions League, yes. Um, Yeah, I just need all, I need uh, Senegal and Egypt to get knocked out pretty early on. (laughs) I I believe the competition, if they make the finals, ends on like the 9th of February. And if Liverpool has to, I think they'd rest those guys against Burnley and then play them against, or like put them like as cameos against Burnley, like 20, 30 minutes just to get them you know, running, and then, yeah, and then, and then play that. I, I believe their their match back, their first match is back will probably be against Inter, and then, uh, and that's good because in the Premier League, then the the you know the fixture list kind of picks up a little bit again after that. You know, you play Arsenal, United, City, you know, all these teams, Tottenham after those guys come back. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm just excited for Champions League. Cause that's the only thing we realistic, realistically, um, like Premier League is out of the picture. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I said that earlier, not one hundred percent, but like we're we're hitting the nineties. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but I value Champions League more than a Premier League trophy still. So that's just where I stand. Um, just because, yeah, I don't know. That's, I'll take that's either. That's more bizarre. I haven't had any, so honestly, you hand either one to me, I'll be like, please, let me take it. But I, I could see what you mean, because, like, to give you an example, and I'm not going to talk about this that much, but, like, when we lost our FA Cup match against Nottingham or whoever, I, I, I didn't watch the game. And I honestly wasn't too arsed about it, because when you're focusing on one thing, you don't get as upset if you're knocked out of the other thing. So you're like, okay, like, we, I really want us to finish in the top books. I want us to make champions, you know, and, and that's the path that I think Arsenal needs to focus on. Then after that, I'd say, okay, maybe, you know, EFL cup, just because they're so close to it. Then you put that, then we would put that second where we're at. We don't have European soccer. 
And then the rest is the rest, right? Like FA Cup was third round. So I was like, well, who cares, you know? Um, so I agree. There's some competitions that your, your priority for it changes, you know, throughout the season or, or based on how things are going. So well, that's I've why always I, been like a I, champion. Well, I've always been a champion to go to Premier League guy because if yeah. you're if you're a kid in South America, if you're a kid in Africa, if I mean, shit, even if you're in the United States, like they come back from school or lecture, even lecture, and the Champions League game starts at two. But my point being is those guys, the world mainly watches Champions League matches, I, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people or a lot of kids that grow up, like they when they say they want to play for a team or whatever, it's because they watched them in Champions League most likely or because they had success in the Champions League. Because that's, that's just like a, a, it's just something everyone, a stage that everyone watches. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's like you don't have to focus just on one league. It's like the best of each league. So like, I don't know. That's why I like Champions League because personally, I, I think if you win Champions League, it's it's better for your team. That's mm-hmm. just what I think. Well, I, I agree. And I agree with you that champions and Premier League are the cream of the crop. And that's why, you know, I'm rooting for fourth because I just I want us to get into that competition because you know, it's such a fun competition because you play teams that you don't play. And like you said, I think when it gets to the last eight, that's where it's the, my favorite kind of thing. Well, would where you, I like to see the top teams play. So if God if God came down and said, I'm either giving you a Premier League or Champions League, which what would you take and why? Ooh, um. Well, both of them qualify us for Champions League the next year, right? <laughs> I, I will take just and, and I haven't seen either since becoming a fan, but I will take the Champions League because in our case, we've never won one, our club. And I think it would it'd be nice to not be the butt of jokes that people tell us that Nottingham Forest have more than us. Uh, but um, it'd be good to have a Champions League because the club's never seen that. So that's my specific but i think it's real close on premier league and champions league but it'd be really cool to win like especially if you beat like a, a, a good team in the final or or you know i i envy you i, I wish we could beat tottenham in the final final that'd be beautiful to, to oh yeah to deny them um, which i'm not even gonna lie as a liverpool fan that was probably one of the worst champions league games that i could think of in modern day like for me i liked it because like my team won but like if i was at neutral it'd be a pretty boring game Hey, they held on. They got the penalty early. They won. I mean, I, you right. You're right. As, as a fan, you take a win any way you get. I mean, it's yeah. But it's a culmination of the work they put in. I enjoyed it because Tottenham lost. So, um, and then obviously yeah. happy for a lot of you guys. I know a lot of Liverpool fans. But yeah, it, it is a tough debate. And I just think that the answer is whatever fits your team's agenda the most, like or my team's or whoever is saying it. Because I bet you you could get Jeff to flip flop on it. Shout out Jeff Paris. He'd say Premier League, though. Right now, yes. Until his team wins the Champions League. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, but yeah, he does. Because a lot of people say that, you know, that shows you were dominant for a whole season and you didn't get lucky in certain matches. But you can also argue that Champions League is a series of of matches, too. That, that um, I don't know. It's because there are a lot of two-leg matches. Mm-hmm. You got to be able and to you're playing. And you're not playing Norwich or Burnley. It's easier. I mean, not that it's, I mean, it is easier to be consistent against um, Norwich, Bright, and not Brighton, Norwich, um, fucking Newcastle, like, you know, some of the shit teams. Then you look at Champions League. I mean, that's, 
there isn't an easy game in Champions League. There, there really isn't. Like, I know, like, whenever we get a Portuguese team, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we're going to fuck them. But, like, yeah. if you think in hindsight, those teams probably beat, like, Norwich, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, likely. So, it, it, it is, yeah, it is tougher in some instances. But, uh, yeah, at the footy corner, too, I want to see what people say is a raging debate. Um, it's been going on and on. I don't know. I, I just think whatever fits the agenda. Um, so maybe we'll see sure. if the intern can wake up from this coma that the intern's been in and can. But most play. teams, ha- most teams haven't won <laughs> both or Correct. either one. So, but that's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. The team that hasn't won one of them will pick that one. Or, or uh, so it's maybe good to ask like you or a Chelsea fan or. No, but like most teams haven't won a Premier League or a Champions League, so it could go for them as well. Yeah, that's true. You're right. We can ask. Uh, um, yeah, we can ask many teams. Actually, that's true. Tottenham hasn't won anything, so they they might be the best to ask. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they Everton. Yeah, Everton. They do. After they get their manager, what are you guys hoping for? Uh, yeah. yeah, good. Let's. It would be a good thing to ask. Maybe we'll have the um, intern post it and like tag a lot of teams' handles. See what happens. See what the results come out as. So, intern, wake up. You know, we'll talk about why the intern hasn't been up in a minute. Um, see what happens there. Uh, last words on Liverpool before we cover the rest of the matches. Uh, rest of the matches. Okay. Newcastle won. Watford won. Alain Salmaximin scoring, but João Pedro with a late equalizer and a kind of a big goal for Watford if they want to stay in the hunt. Wolves Street, Southampton won. Raul with a pen. Connor Cody even scoring a goal. Uh, and Adama Traore, the three for Wolves. Uh, no surprise, James Ward Prowse for Southampton. And Brighton won. Crystal Palace won. Gallagher in the 69th minute. Nice. And then Joachim Anderson with the own goal. Um, or was it Joachim Anderson? It was some Anderson lad. Own goal. 1-1. Brighton and Palace. Crazy game. I know Steve won a bet there. So shout out to Steve on that. Any comments on these matches? Shout out Joachim Anderson in front of the pod. And second of all, <laughs> Um, what was the second match you said? You mentioned the second match. Three, three one oh. wolves over Southampton. So remember the last panel episode? Um mm-hmm. I think we were all talking about how Adama Troyere actually hasn't scored as yeah. much as we thought, and he's a little overrated. So it sounds like he heard us and he scored. So that's sure. funny. Sure did. Machamp scoring a goal. Uh yeah. I mean, wolves quietly, guys. Look, wolves quietly have been good. Like they're they're right there. Yeah. Uh, Who's their so manager? Bruno Lage or something like that. Another Portuguese <laughs> lad. They stick okay. with the Portuguese. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, outs they've only lost. I mean, if you go all the way back to uh around Thanksgiving time, since then they've only lost at City and against Liverpool. Um, and they've played in a lot of one-zero matches, but credit to them, they played in a three-one match. So Hey, they actually scored some goals. Connor Cody got a goal. Um, I know you got you shout out, right? You guys, you have a special place for Connor Cody. Uh, yeah. And and to me, the biggest I think uh, moment or the biggest thing I want to point out outside of what you said, very good points, is that Newcastle um, gave up that late draw to Watford, right? And because they did that, Watford is is one point clear now. Had Newcastle won that match. You know, they would be even on points with Watford. 
in the relegation battle. So that I think was a huge goal. It was at Newcastle. Um, I think Newcastle might be fine, although we, we could talk about it right now that, you know, you go from all these, when, when the MBS bottom, you're like, Oh, here comes Holland. Here comes this guy. You know, all those lineups came out and they've signed Chris Wood. What are your thoughts on Chris Wood for 20 yeah, I was I was really confused. Um, <laughs> just because of like who they were linked with, like all this time or, I don't know, man. That's Twenty million. Good. Twenty million for Chris Woodmate. I you know, I'm not concerned about the price because that doesn't matter. Because with, with Newcastle, you know, whatever. They could spend that's chump change. Anything sure. is chump change to them. But it's just the quality of the signing is what's shocking. Like, are they actually gonna get like Delhi on loan? Are they gonna get these players on loan? Because like they were saying that, and then like we just next thing you know, you're on Twitter and you see Wood holding a, a Newcastle jersey. <laughs> so it's like that's concerning for them most certainly because it's like you need quality signings if you want to stay up. Like we're not even talking about like you know just like showing out the rest of the season, but like you need to stay up. Like if you mm-hmm. don't stay up, then like you have all this money for for what? Like you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't- Wood and Trippier, their only signing so far. Kieran Trippier being the other one. I mean, that that seemed like it was good business. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't think Chris Wood was a position they needed. I felt like they can. Callum they can, Wilson, right? Yeah, I mean, Callum Wilson. He's he's injured now, but when he comes back, right? What are you going to do? You have him. You have Miguel Almiron. You have Fraser. I mean, you could probably use like you mentioned a creator like a Deli Alley, right? Like they need someone in the midfield, and Coutinho would have been perfect for them too. They should have gone harder for him. That's true. And I heard they were going for Genie Wijnaldum, but he said no to them. So that's something to monitor, too. Uh, he, he didn't want to go back? He doesn't want to play there on loan. I, I believe, honestly, and I've heard this, if he were to come back to the Premier League on loan or whatever, obviously, I don't I mean, I don't think you guys want him back, but I think it would be you guys. And then he apparently used to be an Arsenal fan as a kid. So um, that would be a loan. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, maybe Villa? I don't know. But that's something to monitor, I guess. Uh, who will Newcastle get? We're hearing all these names. It's January 17th. And all we've heard are Kieran Trippier, which was, I think, good. And Chris Wood, which was underwhelming. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see I what they even, do. I'm, I've been trying to think of a name for them, but I can't even think of anyone anymore. Except yeah. for Delhi. That's it. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah. Uh, I haven't like heard someone that's yet. fallen out of form or like not good with their manager. I can't think of a midfielder. All, all I've heard of someone that's having problems with their marriage. Is that what you said? Who? Did you say someone having problems with their marriage? <laughs> no, I did not say that. Oh, that's what I thought I heard. No, I didn't say that. Oh, my Lord, I, I said fall out with their manager is what I said. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> I thought you said fall out with their marriage. <laughs> no, that's Mauro Icardi. Yeah. Definitely not him. Um, well, I mean, he's going to be was, uh, free. I was going to say Isco, but I heard he, I don't know, you might know better than me. I heard that's he might go to uh, Tottenham. That's possible. I wouldn't put it past him. I, I, not him, but I could see Tottenham going for him. I think Tottenham's but, also going for Icardi, maybe. But but cheaply, Isco, I heard, was pushing for a Barcelona move. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Barcelona makes some weird, interesting decisions. 
the, they're in the position they're in because of the decisions they've made. I, I actually have a quote from Alex Song. I don't know how many people remember Alex Song. Oh, I mean, I if you're if you're my age or older, you should know who Alex Song is. Yeah, like a big flop for Barcelona, um, former Arsenal. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, this, this is a direct quote from him. I don't know if you've seen this." He said, "I saw how much I would earn. I didn't think twice." I met Barca's sporting director and he told me I would not get to play many games, but I didn't give a fuck. I knew that I'd become a millionaire. <laughs> that's why he went. So, um, no, that's kind of true, though. And to think like if you so if you think about it, if you start playing bad for uh, well, at the time, at the time, if you let's say you start falling on a phone with Arsenal and like we got to transfer this guy, you're most likely going to go to like a, at the time like a mid-level team mm-hmm. you know like a like a Sunderland at the time or something like yeah. that yeah whereas let's say you're Bar- Barcelona and like like you said they're not picking you mm-hmm. like they're just still going to be top teams that are after you because you were a Barcelona player like at the time I keep saying at the time because that's just you know it made sense for him I mean like you're offered a chance to play with what a lot of people call the best team to like almost ever play or like up mm-hmm. there with it. So that's tough to, in, in the city of Barcelona. So that's tough to turn down, which yeah. is why I've came to terms with like what Coutinho and Suarez did. So, but, but that's why Barcelona doesn't have money now. They're like, they're, they're paying all oh, this yeah. money for guys. They just didn't use. I mean, I get what the, the players, I completely understand. I would do that too. If I'm like, you know, I could sit on the side and get all this money. Shit. Um, yeah, play with Messi or like you know the mother, and like live on the beach. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. And then now Barcelona doesn't have money. I wonder fucking why. So there's that situation uh, with them. Uh, so let's go to just some other parts out there. I want to touch on two things, really only. I mean, usually the comments are full. We've been a little quiet on the footy corner front. People have been quiet to us. I want to discuss because it's a big topic. Um, okay. postponements right uh, we had two matches postponed this week uh, Tottenham Arsenal was postponed the North London Derby Burnley and Leicester were also postponed wasn't talked about as much we've had a lot of postponements throughout um, and there's a lot of rage outrage um, and debate regarding what's going on regarding what is postponed and what isn't um, I have a take but I will let you go first on your take on just postponements in general, what are your thoughts? And should you care about other teams' postponements? Because a lot of fans, including my team's fans, not myself, I'll explain why, care a lot about other postponements going around. Should that be an issue? Um, I think if it's a cause of COVID, like I think if there's – if someone on your team has COVID or like multiple people have COVID and then like there's a scare, I, I don't think like, I think that, you know, it's okay to be postponed just cause mm-hmm. like, that's just, I mean, that's not only happening in the premier league, like that's happening in the NHL that's happening in the NBA. Like that's, you know, that's pretty universal, mm-hmm. but if it's, but if it's like cause of injuries or like, that could have happened any other season. You know what I mean? Like that's, so I think like any team that has it because of COVID, like Mm -hmm. that's reasonable because I feel like that's been a pretty universal rule until now. 
um yeah I, I just think everything should stay the same how it's always been so it's like if you're out because of covid or like it's like well because you look at it like if someone's injured on your team you're not going to spread that you're not going to spread a fucking broken leg to the next team whereas right. if there's a covid scare then like the next thing you know you know let's say like it was spurs arsenal and like there was like an arsenal player had covid or like there was a scare but they still said you know let's play anyway and mm-hmm. um next thing you know 24 players come out with covid positive or some something like that now it's like instead of just postponing one game and delaying it a couple weeks now you know you risk two teams having it and more games getting postponed and that turns into a shit storm so i mean whether you think about whether you think it's omicron serious or not it's like a, a rule if you have it like you know what i mean there are protocols for it and like you don't want more than one team dealing with it you're probably better off as a league and as a team playing it safe um mm-hmm. just delaying it one game because if you postpone the game you're still gonna play it right and yeah. like <laughs> i don't know that's just how i view it but if it's like that's why i'm saying if it's injuries i feel like that's i mean every team has youth academies like we've all seen play random players being brought out like charlie morton for liverpool has gotten game time and like there was like a 16 year old that played the uh, the other day for liverpool as well so um i think you know that's just an issue that every team has has seen or dealt with i'm sure at one point like some random mm-hmm. lad coming on i mean oh, yeah. you guys had charlie patino whatever the hell his name is like yeah. but apparently you know he is but like that's what i'm saying like Mm-hmm. COVID, I just think everything should stay the same. Like if it's because of, you know, injuries, unfortunately, like that's part of the game. But if it's because of COVID, like got to further delay the competition yeah. you're in, or then that turns into a shit storm. Okay, so here's what I'll say: because all these fans are going at each other on on Twitter, on everything, and I'm sitting here, I'm just like, you know, who's getting away with this? Do you know who has caused this mess? And just is sitting there and no one is saying a thing about it. Or maybe if you are the Premier League, okay, or the FA, or whoever is making these decisions, this is their fault. Okay. Uh, again, I know there are plenty of our fans that are getting on all teams' cases. And it was an outrage or it was a storm this week that Arsenal's match got postponed against Tottenham. But let me tell you, there have been multiple postponements before this match. And I get people saying, well, those were all legit but let me tell you something there was a precedent set and i believe it was a in a late december match i can't remember but i think it was lester had injuries and covid uh a couple COVID cases but a lot of injuries and they didn't have enough players to field the team i believe it was lester against i don't know why i'm on the women's postponements but I believe they were playing Everton. Maybe let me. Are they that. the reason? Are they the same reason why the last game or this uh, Burnley game got postponed? Yes. Well, now it's Burnley that's applied. So oh, okay. because Leicester was able to get away with the fact of saying we don't have enough players, and it's not just COVID, it's injuries, and then a lot of teams started adding the Afcon bit. Uh, Wolves against Arsenal was postponed. Wolves had eight injured players, and only like three or four with COVID. Wolves and Arsenal got postponed on December 28th. No one batted an eye that Wolves made that appeal. Uh, 
a bigger team does it. Now the eye is bad a little bit. You know, you guys did it for real. You know, you had a lot of COVID cases, but then when the, you know, the false positives came out, people questioned that. And it's like, well, there's caution being taken. We had, we did it because there was precedent um, set earlier by these other teams that were allowed to do it. And it's like, well, we're going into a big match. We're going to apply again. Every team is allowed to apply. I think people have to blame the Premier League. They granted it, right? The, the, you know, if it's been granted, why not take that? Wouldn't you take, you know, having a game moved if your players weren't going to, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, see, I'm just saying I blame the Premier League and everyone gets on Arsenal's case. And here's where I'm going to finish it. But let's just rewind. Let's rewind. I'll tell you why everyone's getting on Arsenal's case after this, but you can unwind. Let's rewind four months. Let's rewind four months ago. And, and a nice Friday night, opening night of the season, and Arsenal had like five or six COVID cases. Lacazette and Aubameyang were out with COVID. Ben White was out with COVID. They had multiple cases across the team, and they were starting. If people want to go back and look at the starting lineup against Brentford opening night where we got embarrassed, everyone laughed at us. Fuller and Balogun was starting. Eddie and Ketia was starting. Uh, of course, Rob Holding and Callum Chambers, the disastrous center back pairing, were, were starting. Uh, and this is a team that was starting all these players because they applied to have the game postponed, and the Premier League said no. Okay. And this week, how many I players think, were out with COVID? I that believe person. five starters, five or six um, starters. I have to go back. Uh, I know Lacazette and Aubameyang for sure. Let's go all the way back to Brentford. Well, at this point, Aubameyang probably being out helped them. Well, okay, but you you can't you could say that months <laughs> later, but at the time, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily the case. Okay. My point being, the Premier League didn't grant them that, and arguably this week they have less less cases, similar amount of injuries. The Premier League granted this is a Premier League problem, not an Arsenal problem, not a Wolves problem. They did the same shit. Not a lesser problem. They did the same shit. People just love to get on the big teams' cases. But yeah, you go ahead and I want to hear your side of this. Who was the who was that game against? It was it was the Brentford match. It was the first match of the season, and the Premier League didn't want to cancel it because it was the first like the first match of the season. Oh. Actually, Enketia wasn't even available too then. That's right. Party was injured. Enketia, Lacazette. Aubameyang were out. Gabriel was out. There were no. So they were. Illness with, was Lacazette. Aubameyang had an injury. Gabriel had a knee injury. And was had an ankle injury. And Party had COVID. an ankle injury. Aubameyang was COVID. So then that's two players. But apparently it was six. That's what I'm saying. But that's that. But that's regardless. I I see where you're coming from. Uh, but I think if. You have COVID in your camp. I think it's a valid reason. Like you said, you mentioned Wolves, or I think you actually Lester. It was Lester. You said they were they had players out not just because of injury, but because of COVID too. Mm-hmm. I don't think FA, that FA is in the wrong for that because, like, what we what I said, and I think you said it kind of. I don't know if you're on with it. If they had COVID in their camp, then like. Like if it was, especially if it was like recent or like days before that, like that, I think they have a valid reason of it getting postponed. Like you said, they applied for it. And like, I think the FA is more lenient towards teams that like part of it is having COVID. Like that's why they like, 
I don't know. Is there an Arsenal player that's out with COVID right now? Martin Odegaard is currently out with COVID. I believe there was a question mark on Smith Row. I don't know. If the, they don't yeah. release all the information. But, but what but I'm like saying that, too is that's probably why they got granted it too. Like that's that's like they're these teams that are for, like applying for it or, or whatever. Like I'm sure if then I'm sure if Arsenal applied for it like that time they would have done it. They just no, they did. Didn't. They did not get it granted. I'm telling you right now, they did. It did not get granted. Okay. Well, I don't know, but that, <laughs> well, it's, that's, that's the Premier League's problem. Then that's what I'm saying. It's an issue. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know why that happened. Maybe it's becoming more of a problem now with Omicron because I, mm-hmm. I don't think Omicron was a thing at no. that time. I don't know. Yeah, there's so a lot of variables, but here's the article. So it was, um, yeah, uh, Arteta is surprised the Premier League Open with Brentford went ahead after the number of coronavirus cases at the club. The club applied but did not uh, get granted a postponement. Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Runerson. Okay, so we had him at the time. <laughs> missed the loss after positive test. We had William back then. He also was had a positive COVID test. Um, Man City and Villa had games moved because of COVID outbreaks last season, uh, but it, it didn't occur in this match. So my point being, again, not to just say Arsenal aren't guilty. Yeah, some of these clubs should have had the games win, but I say blame the Premier League. You know, this is, or the FA or whoever's deciding this, it's not consistent. It's not consistent enough. That's all, I'm, that's all I got to say. But like I could I could name like a time where my like Liverpool, like I'm sure everyone can name a time where like, I mean, I know a fact Chelsea, Chelsea as well, because um, there was a time when Chelsea and Liverpool played not too long ago where I think seven players in total were out with COVID, but they still played like but and, and they were key players. It was it was I'm talking like starters. Um, okay. And I think, honestly, I think it was four Chelsea starters that were out with COVID and, and three Liverpool. But, like, the reason why you're saying, like, people are making a big deal with Arsenal is because of the their fans and their clubs are, like, like you said, like, they're like, oh, that game against Brentford when it was, like, three starters were out. But it's like Chelsea had four starters out and they're not, like, they're not complaining about anyone doing it. Like, they they've dealt with it just like just as bad um and they're fighting for a top four spot or they were fighting for, they're in the title title battle at the time too at the time okay but, but so, this, the Brentford game is brought up in defense because people are coming at you know Arsenal fans and yes there's a share of Arsenal fans that got no. other cases my point is you can't just come mm-hmm. at Arsenal and no one else this is everyone else is doing this no everyone's going at Arsenal because Arsenal won at everyone else like my well, point again, being is, if you're going to applaud Klopp for saying, I don't know, get vaccinated, we shouldn't be playing games like this much or this or that, then stay, stay consistent with that support and support it. Don't, when when the game gets canceled and it's against Arsenal, don't say, oh, now Klopp's scared. He's not taking protocols. Like, see, that's just like, that's no that's other, fans- no other club did it. That's why people are getting on Arsenal's case. No other fan base did it. No other club did it. No one else said their frustration. If a game gets postponed because of COVID, I think like universally it's pretty understood, but for some reason it just wasn't with Arsenal's club. Like as a whole, I don't get that. Like that's why people are in Arsenal's case. So it's okay for other fans to do what Arsenal did 
that you guys did not like that Arsenal fans. Let me tell you my personal story. My personal story is I, I haven't commented on it. I haven't said shit about it because it doesn't matter for me. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we get our game postponed, fine. Other teams postpone games, fine. I only brought up the Brentford game right now to show you that other teams do this and it's the Premier League's fault, you know, uh, and, and people can say what they want. I had Tottenham fans come at me on Twitter too. Guess how the, guess how the, the, the comments ended. I just played a gift for them because I, there's no reason to engage. We're not, a, who's afraid of Tottenham? No one's afraid what of What was the gift? What was the gift? Is it, was it like, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing it was like salty or mad or something. Actually, it wasn't. Uh, he said, Arsenal are bitches because they're afraid of Tottenham. So that was a pretty strong statement. I said, yeah, we're afraid of the mighty Tottenham. And then he said, then why are you running? So I sent the, why are you running gift? So we can all just laugh about it. Like, no, it's a joke because I don't care. I'm not going to engage in stuff that who, you know what, in the end, people can cry all they want. It doesn't matter. The game got moved. It is what it is. It's so that's you though. Huh? But I'm saying the club as a whole and like, um, like a lot of their fan base, like, has heavily um, been opposed to, to these postponements. And it, I mean, it's not, I'm just saying, like you said, your personal, my personal is, and I don't know if you've seen anyone else other than Arsenal fans or a, a manager speaking out about it. If you've, if you've heard anyone else like get mad about that. Cause I have not personally. Oh, okay. Well then we have different experiences. I've seen plenty of fans, uh, Go on about like, it. And actually, cool. Give me an I'm example. surprised you're not upset with other teams fans that had nothing to do with your postponement and, and said the same thing. Tottenham, but that's Tottenham what I'm fans saying. are mad at everyone. So I've been seeing it. I would have called out Tottenham if I had seen it. That's what I'm saying. I, I, did not see, I did not see it. You only saw it because that's who the opponent was. And I'm sure that your accounts you follow retweet. I'm just saying it's but when did it become a big board? deal? What do you mean? When did like these when bigger teams had to postpone matches? That's when it became who a big the first, deal. Who was the first big team? That, that did that you guys and then it was us and, and, and then who made on so then cases people <laughs> all people have i've seen man united fans we've seen jeff paris i have not seen i mean i don't follow jeff on Twitter though, so i've not seen jeff it. says it in the he said it in the chat he had a whole thing you guys fought oh well dude because jeff jeff will do that jeff justified pickford breaking virgil van dyke's leg that's just what he and does. Every, and my point is every team has that fan and those fans that are, whether they believe it, whether they're just doing it to fuck with people, like in Jeff's case, I believe, or, or other or otherwise, every team has that. That's all I got to say. And, and all I have to say is I sit back and say, this is the premier league's fault. They either should have called a bunch of games off or had a standard that says, don't, don't have different applications. Don't come and say, they need to be like the NBA. Don't say, hey, you can apply for a postponement. That's why this is happening. Say, if you have six senior players or seven or whatever the ruling is, with COVID, we will cancel your game. If not, figure it out. That's If they had, if they had done that, this wouldn't be a problem. I agree with that, but I also agree that, um, or I also think that this could be a hot take, but like during AFCON, they should have just given a break. Yeah, because, no, I I agree. Because <laughs> it's also coming off that uh, gnarly, like, winter schedule. And then, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you just think of so many teams that are missing players. Uh, yeah. Like, I was just, I think we were talking about Palace. Like, Palace was, like, missing three, four. Like, that's Palace. That's Watford. not, like, a big team. Like, yeah, Watford. Like, 
it's not just affecting the top teams. It's affecting like the lower teams too. And like, you can argue it matters more for them because they're trying to stay up in the premier league. And I'm sure like other countries, you know, it's, it's not fun for other teams, countries or other countries, teams like Spain, Germany, whatever. Um, I'm sure France has a ton um, just because of immigration there, but I don't know. It just, I, I don't like, when AFCON is being held and I don't like that leagues are still just going on without it. Cause it's like a lot of these players are key players and I'm not just like, I think you, uh, Arsenal has a key player that you could think of. And I, I Liverpool has a player that I'm I could 40. think of. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it affects both teams a lot. And I, I just don't get it. And I don't know that that's what annoys me. And like the break would be good. I mean, Germany, you know, Bundesliga, they take, they take a winter break. Like literally they take a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why not? Why doesn't the Premier League do the same? I'm sure players would be fine with, if you told them, Hey guys, we're delaying this shit like two and a half, three weeks because of AFCON. And because, Hey, we want to give you guys a break because you're playing two, three games a week in like a in, the, in like a month and a half, two months. So yeah, I'm sure they'd all be like, yeah, that's cool. Especially because the World Cup's being played in the winter this year. It's not that's exactly. Summer. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's that's that was my, my main point. Like and that's exactly where I think the, the best point is made. Like you have this summer. I, I get that the athletes need some rest, but just give them, you know, sleek into it a little bit, and a lot of them will get a break during the World Cup that aren't in the World Cup. And, and uh yeah, that, that would have been the solution because when you mix coronavirus and AFCON, uh, that's why we're getting these applications, right? Because different teams have different amount of, and it's not even just great players. Now you guys are missing quality, but some teams will have, it's a numbers thing, right? If you have four or five guys and that's five numbers of bodies that can be on the pitch. Cause I think the rule is now like, if you don't have more than 13 senior players, that's when you can apply. Okay. So okay. you throw a few injuries in there, you throw coronavirus and now you got AFCON. That, that's why these separate applications come in. That's why the Premier League is so kooky with this uh, this rule. And yeah, they should have done that. They're a money grab. Is like I, like you were saying, that's a reason that it's their fault. I think. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think I think it helps a lot. I, that, yeah, the more you mention it, because like the way I mentioned, like the cram schedules, like that those that break allows people to heal up and like less injuries that happen too. So it's just like a lot of a lot of things that yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And like, it, like those lower teams, I know like some African teams are ass at soccer, but like most likely if they're getting called up to the senior team, they're, they're probably good. You know, like palace had Wolf Zaha, like Wolf Zaha's out like, bro, that's, that'd be devastating as a palace fan. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> who do you have to watch now? But whatever. Otsun Edward. No, I'm kidding. Michael Lise. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's something to, you know, I, I want fans to think about that too and think, ah, you know, we're, we're, we're getting on teams, but teams are doing what's within their means and allowed. And yeah, I mean, yes. Is it kind of cheap what they're doing? I, I won't deny that it is, but um, that's, that's a big issue from, uh, from the FA. So we were talking about AFCON. Let's give a quick AFCON update. How about that? Um, how many, how much of AFCON have you watched? Zero percent. Yeah. I Where mean, do you watch it? Yeah, it's supposed to be on BN. I don't have BN. I so don't for me, either. it's difficult too. And the matches are like 10 in the morning. So, you know, either I'm running to class work or 
I just don't have the ability to take my laptop out and put one of these cracked Russian streams up with AFCON on it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's not worth the virus at this point. Uh, but, but there have been some wild results. Um, I'm just going to point out some highlights. Right now, as we speak, Group A is in their final matches. Cameroon looked to win the group here. Um, they have uh, the live table has them on nine points. They're beating Cape Verde 1-0 right now. I think that that result will hold. Um, the big match in the group is Burkina Faso against Ethiopia. Um, and it looks like Burkina Faso has the inside track on second. Uh, just going across the board, Ghana has one point out of two matches. So they have a very critical final match coming up here in the group against Comoros. They should win that one. But again, they're three points off Gabon and a bunch off Morocco. Um, Nigeria and Egypt carrying Group D. Uh, Algeria, mate, the defending champs have one point and they've scored zero goals in two matches. And do you know who they've played against in those two matches where they have one point and zero uh, goals? Mali? They haven't played Mali. They've played Sierra Leone and Equatorial Guinea. And they oh, lost wow. Equatorial Guinea and they drew Sierra Leone. Zero Who does goals. Equatorial Guinea have? Oh, don't they have Nabi K? <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Don't, don't. Isn't that Mali? Uh, Equatorial Guinea. Mate, I don't recognize any of these guys. They're strikers from Olympiacos, so that he must be decent. Uh, but the rest of their team, their number 10 is from Hercules. Don't even know what league that is. <laughs> One of their players plays for gymnastic. <laughs> Left wing plays for gymnastic. <laughs> their center Dude, back. What is Algeria doing? Their center back who scored is Obiang, and I'm, I thought it was the lad from West Ham, but this guy's name is Esteban which is bananas. They have a center back named Coco. So, yeah. I don't Dude, know what and doing, um, Mahrez, Feguli. Yeah. What What are they doing? To be fair, I don't know the rest of the guys on that team. Benacer, I know, but that's it. I don't know anyone. I don't know who Boon, Boonja is. Who's <laughs> a striker, dude? Uh, who, oh, you don't know who Boonjad is? He who does he play for now? He he's made a couple trips around to some good teams. Dog, um, there's no way you know who this guy is. Look at the teams he played. Oh for. no! Wait, this guy's different from who I was picturing. I was picturing a bald guy. <laughs> nope. I think I mixed him up with Faguli or something. Same Baghdad. Yikes. It's funny. It's funny because you said, you were like, I know. Yeah, you don't know who this guy is, and I, I clicked on transfer. Like, dog, there's no way you know. You played for like Al Youssef. Like, unless you're watching like the Egyptian Premier League. I don't. I mixed no him way. up with Faguli. That's what it was because <laughs> I was picturing right. Faguli, the bald lad. Um, so yeah, a lot of craziness going on there. Tunisia's on the brink, but you know, a lot of the top third place teams will advance. So um, the scary thing for Algeria, though, is I'll say this. They're playing Ivory Coast in their last game. And anything but a win will knock them out. So that was some people's favorites, including myself. My bad. Um, yeah, let's see what happens with AFCON. Let's see the direction um, everything goes in here. Uh, I just wanted to point out Ivory Coast could have punched their ticket. And they made a huge mistake against Sierra Leone. So if you get a chance, watch Badra, uh, Badra Sangare, the, the keeper, I'll see if the intern can retweet the, the error that happened. But um, yeah, 
So that's the AFCON update. Anything you want to say about AFCON before we go to our final segments? Um, no offense to Africans, but this this is such a nuisance competition. <laughs> it's it's rigged. It because your first players of all. are not available. Not just mine, but like everyone. Like, yeah. it just doesn't. It's held at the worst time of the year. So it's it's taking away from quality of the Premier League. It's um it's rigged like we'll get into that later like it's totally rigged um yeah i don't know it's just no one cares about it either like i'm I'm being totally honest with you like yeah shout out africans shout out africa but like i'm sure dude you know i'll go on a leg and say i bet you a lot of africans don't give a fuck about it uh i don't i don't know i bet they do it's just but it's like and, and and we're not saying this because people will get mad and be like, oh, you you know, you're gonna rip on. People think the same thing of Asian Cup because that's in January as well. A lot of people don't pay attention to that too. So yeah, no, I I would if I if if yeah, I would say the same thing about the Asian Cup, but we just have fun. a dog in that race. <laughs> that's true, but like I don't know, not many good. There aren't that many good Asian players in the world, right? So you're saying that doesn't affect the Premier League as much, is what you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, and I'm not, that's not racist saying that. I mean, like our team is in Asia, like, you know what I mean? So. Right. Um, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> that's true. It's, but, I, but I'm saying I'd like in those competitions, it's kind of similar. Like the world kind of just will watch, some of them will watch it, but it kind of just passes by, you know? Yeah. Do you know. think, do you think if it was down to the players, actually, I guess it is that would they rather play for their country during that competition or the premier league? Like I think country for sure. You still want to rep your country. No, but if the title race was closer. Yeah. At the footy corner too, let us know what you people think on that. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, Show me if you play for, yeah. Like what I'm saying, like if you play for Burkina Faso and let's say like you're in like a title race, like a three point title race, I would tell Burkina Faso, I'm sorry. Like I got to <laughs> I gotta That's play awesome. for, yeah. Like even if you're their star, like player, like their wonder guy. Yes, because like we're not gonna win. We're not gonna win that tournament. I have a bigger, I have a better chance of getting malaria than winning that tournament. So yeah, I'm gonna play for the Premier League team that's fighting for the title. Like yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what. Yeah, let at the footy corner too. I'm curious to hear what other people think. What would you do? I don't know. I still feel like. You play for your country because it comes once every four years or two, or I don't know how many. I think AFCON's four years too. So uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I always think the country thinks big because it's once every four years. But yeah, let's see. Well, let's go to our next. Shall we go to our next segment? Yeah. Uh, let's now go. We haven't had it for a while. Let's now go to. Nonce of the week. You are a nonce, You're a nonce, mate. And we have four good candidates since we've been away for a while. Arine mentioned this just a second ago. Let's go to the African Cup of Nations. Uh, J- I think his name's Janny. Johnny. Janny. It's J-A-N-N-Y. Sikazwe. Uh, a big, you know, controversial moments for the Zambian official. He was refereeing the match between Tunisia and Mali. In the match, he awarded two controversial penalties and harshly sent a player off. But we see that all the time. That happens in the Premier League. That's not why he's a nuns. Those that paid attention, he blew for the final whistle at 85 minutes, then was told by the assistants, like, dude, there's still time left. I don't know why you did that. 
they 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 gather, they decide, oh, we're gonna go on. Tunisia's pissed because they're losing one nothing to Mali. They're the favorites in this match. Um, so they need that time. Then he's like, okay, we'll continue the match. So you figure there's gonna be a decent amount of stoppage time because there's a red card, like I said, there's some penalties. This guy lost lost the uh, plot. Nope, he blows for the final whistle at 8944. Uh, it's bananas. The you know, the players leave the pitch like 30 minutes later. They're like, you know what, we're gonna let you come on to finish the match. Tunisian players are pissed off and just refuse at that point. Take the loss. Um, but yeah, this guy, Johnny Sikazway, rumors come out that he had a heat stroke. I, I just have trouble believing that because he was he seemed to have run around for another four minutes after blowing the first initial whistle. And if he was having it, isn't there a fourth official to like come in and like be like, dude, I will continue this match? Like, what's going on here? What are your thoughts on this? Dude, like, they, I feel like when after he called it the first time, like, immediately, there should have been, like, the, his his partners, right? His partner officials. Like, even if yeah. he had, like, problems, they should have mentioned something. I'm sure if they call it, they could just be like, wait, never mind, like, right there and then. But, like, they carried on with it. Mm-hmm. So it's 100% rigged. I think the whole, was it heat stroke or something that he said? What was it? Was it heat stroke? That's what some people are saying that it was a heat stroke, but I think that's just to save his career. Yeah, yeah, it's the cover up, and like he's been involved in like rigging before. All signs point to the obvious, right? So yeah. it's like, and no official, like you don't even have to be like a licensed official to like realize like to blow the whistle before the ninetieth minute. Like that's wild, dude. Like that's mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. stupid. It's rigged. I'm like if that if that happened, what makes you think other games aren't rigged? You know? Yeah, yeah that's true. So that's that's a uh, a top nomination, I think, especially with the underdog winning Jenny Sikazwe. Now he's got if some I, competitors. If it? I was uh if you said it was Tunisia, was that the team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would I wouldn't play the rest of the tournament. I'd say this is stupid. This tournament's <laughs> stupid. I know I'm serious like they work think so hard though, they're manager. not gonna like abandon the tournament. I don't know. Well, if they get knocked out. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, then they've already then they have abandoned it, not by choice, though. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think they'll still make it through, but but yeah, a wild series of events. Um, this coming in from Toronto, the second one. So shout out Jeff. Um, there's a woman who was on 90 Day Fiance. She was a star on 90 Day Fiance, I guess, for those that watch it. Steph Matto. Uh, she's 31. She made nearly $254,000 from selling her farts in jars. Uh, I guess recently (laughs) she had to retire from selling her farts in jars because she thought that um, she was having a stroke apparently and that she was going to die. But apparently it was just her (laughs) stomach because, you know, her diet basically had her on heavy fibers um and then she was mixing in this is you know from her uh, like eggs um and some other you know items that make your your farts smell pretty bad uh, and i guess it was wrecking her her stomach so what are your thoughts do you applaud her for making that much money for selling farts or <laughs> you know are you making fun of her for wrecking her body that's so gross. Well, she didn't wreck her body because I think she's fine. But no, I applaud her, dude. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's uh, that is a lot of money, dude. You could do a lot with that money. So, um, yeah. I applaud her, and I don't know how long it 
like this, did you know this time span it took for her to make that much money um that is a good question well here's what i can tell you before i find it. she made about a thousand two hundred seventy dollars a jar which is okay a wild price i must say okay well okay I and think. here i am thinking that she had the fart like 20 times a day but she didn't she said about 50 um, jars a week was what she was producing um I don't know how long she did it for. I don't think I openly fart that many times a week, though. <laughs> I mean, you then you, that's the reason she had to eat foods that messed her up. But yeah, if it was too, if it was the amount you said, then it's like five, six weeks, five weeks. Yeah. If Maybe. I can make that much money in five weeks, and like just like not permanently damaging my stomach, but like just have a problem for like a week. I totally do it, dude. All Give right, me a stomach well, problem. Give me a stomach problem for a week for that much money. Based on your reactions, I don't think she's winning, but it's a good shout, I guess, for for Wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, like if, if I, I think I already do it to myself anyway. If someone gave you like a hundred jars and was like just fart in these when you can and close it up, wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? hundred percent. Uh, yeah, so there's that. I mean, yeah, so I guess maybe she's not going to win, but <laughs> worth noting, worth noting. But those people that bought it are nonsense, 100%. They're idiots, complete idiots. Now, let's move on to someone that might have bought a fart. We have this lad <laughs> named Derek Kamerzel, uh in Washington. He's a Kent police assistant out there. Uh, <laughs> this guy ended up getting two weeks of paid vacation as punishment after displaying Nazi insignia on the door to his office uh he posted the mark of an ss uh, obergruppenfuhrer which is one of the highest ranks in adolf hitler's third reich he put it above the nameplate on his office so you might say is this guy just openly racist or like what's his excuse i mean probably is but what's his excuse going to be for this one well he insisted he had no knowledge of its association with nazis and only knew about it because it's because of its appearance on the Amazon Prime show, The Man in the High Castle. So he claimed he was a fan of the show, thought the symbol was cool, didn't know what it meant, puts it on his door. However, the show's premise literally centers around an alternate version of history where Nazi Germany won their quest for world domination. Oh, so I've heard about that, actually. I heard it's a really good show, first right. of all. Oh, so yeah, a great show. But like, what, what are your thoughts on this lad putting that sign up and then claiming, oh, I, you know, I didn't know what that meant. Like, don't you well, usually know what a sign means when you put it above your door? Don't you look? I don't know. That? Well, because wherever he bought it from had to have like been a dodgy site or like, you know what I mean? Like Amazon doesn't sell that. Amazon mm-hmm. probably isn't selling that. You have to go somewhere where it's like pro Hitler or something like that to buy it. So it's like, even if you were dumb enough to not know what it meant, right. wherever you bought it from had to have been an indication of what it was like you're you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah I'm i not, mean i'm not buying it the, the investigation found his excuse to not be plausible and i think he did get fired so but but anyway oh, okay. yeah um i think that is wild right and then the the law firm that was behind the investigation also found um that he had previously been photographed sporting a hitler style mu- mustache that he claimed was the result of participating in Movember fundraising event. And another <laughs> time, <guy's> excuses. <laughs> and apparently another time he was found to be 
flashing a Nazi salute at an Oktoberfest event in 2019. So there, there's that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. It's so bad. So he's he's clearly a front runner, I think. He is <laughs> racist, like you can't. very. I mean, absolutely. Um, and then and then finally, a, a scary moment. Um, real Batiste fan. I'll say fan because I don't know if all their fans are like this, but a real Batiste fan in a Copa del Rey match between Sevilla and Real Batiste. And you brought this to our attention. Uh, is is up for Nancy because he he threw a literal spear. Uh, you know, a metal pole, I guess. Not a spear. I guess it didn't have a pointed edge. But a metal pole. And Sevilla's Joan Jordan was diagnosed with traumatic brain injury. And he's okay now. But he had to go to the hospital for 24 hours. They had to monitor him. The match got stopped. Uh, it was bananas. Do you want to explain what happened when you saw the clip? Because you're, you're the one that sent it. So I'll give you the credit on this one. Actually, it was Jeff. Jeff sent but it to the Jeff group. sent it. You're right. Okay. Um, Shout out to Jeff. <laughs> but, no, it was just like any other, like, player getting hit by like a projectile um but this time it happened to be like something in the shape of a spear that was like <laughs> actually lethal and like you, you know you you always see like players get hit by like a coin or like a bottle right mm-hmm. yeah and now you see why they make a big deal out of it because there's always that what if like what if it was glass what if it was a fucking metal spear and it finally happened not that it finally happened because it sounds like i was rooting for it but uh, god <laughs> no but like that's that's why because it's like well you never know when that's gonna happen and i you know this is gonna sound bad but like what a fucking shot man like that's uh <laughs> fair enough fair enough no, but like if you were given one opportunity to to throw a spear at someone and you hit him from that far out mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't easy because yeah i agree with you it's wild no, it's but, a wild shot but, no but that was totally in the wrong but how do you how did you even bring that in the stadium is my question like how what the where did they get that from I, I i'm know. assuming he broke it off something in the stadium right a there's railing. no way there's no way right I, I don't know i don't the article didn't say i didn't find but sure but but when he hit the guy, it's not like um, he like went right into a concussion or like got knocked out. He reacted mm-hmm. like very similar to how a lot of players do. But like those players flop. I think his was legit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. So um, actually, I didn't know about the traumatic brain injury until you mentioned it. So I thought they just carried on playing. They just stopped it. But yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's scary. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? Uh, crazy stuff i i just think it's wild that that someone was able to launch yeah his aim i i agree with you it's that good uh but yeah i just don't understand what would make you like unless the guy was beyond hammered what would possess you to do something that ridiculous like right? who lets like, you do that like, like there's gotta be like, people around you right and i'm not condoning this but i've seen water bottles like you said coin but like this is a giant projectile and I just have no fucking idea how this came about. The guy had to be wasted. I mean, no excuse, but he had to be gone. So, um, yeah. So of the four, because let's 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 get to uh, wrap it up. See, we haven't been here for a while, so we got a lot to say for for the people. So this could be a two hour one, but that's okay. Um, what is your choice out of those four? Again, the four are Jenny Sikazway, 
the uh, Zambian official who blew the match early twice, mm-hmm. who sold farts in a jar, but then had to retire because um, her diet caused her to have stomach issues. Uh, Derek Camerzel, who put an SS rank uh, symbol on his door and blamed it on a show. And then the real Batiste fan for, who threw a, a pole, a projectile at a, uh, <laughs> or a Sevilla player. I said, but Sevilla, yeah. So I'm between the Nazi lad and <laughs> and, the, and um who was the first guy? Uh, the first the, the guy official. was the official. yeah the official because you were not happy with him. I'll say the official just okay, because official. yeah it's was like if you're gonna rig a game you're he's so it's so dude like how are you gonna do that how are you gonna call a game before the 90th minute that's absurd. So I'm going to go with him. Okay. I like that. I'm going to go with the Nazi guy just because of how ignorant, like he claimed he didn't know. And then these things come out about him, like doing Nazi salutes and stuff. That's wild. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think all the options are good at the footy yeah. corner too. You got some funny options. You got some match fixing options that actually might've affected a lot of people. You got Nazis running around and then people throwing things at each other. So it's bananas. See, The lady, I respect your hustle. Yeah, I guess. And the last thing, the, the 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 spear. The only reason why I didn't mention that is strictly for the aim. That's okay. It. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think she might lose, which means she was the nicest, which means she wins, kind of right. So I agree. Yeah. I think the lady is gonna get away with it uh, because, yeah, hers. You got to respect now the guys. Them. Now the lads that bought those jars need to be exposed because that's <laughs> wild. <laughs> It is. It's that is bad. That is really bad. Dude, um, spending that much money on that too. Like, bro, can't you just do your own fart? Like, what's wrong? Why do you have to do that kind of fart? Is what's she like a supermodel? On? Is she like a supermodel? Um, I don't think she's. I wouldn't call her a supermodel. She was on. I mean, she's famous, so maybe that's why. What's she's her on ninety day fiance? Steph Meto. You could look her up if you want. While I, I yeah, run the next yeah. part. Um, I mean, I, I don't. She's got giant. Well, anyway. Um, oh, yeah, so, I'll say this. Go ahead. What do you, what, what do you see? No, I said I'll, I'll say the. Oh, okay. Um, Mount Rushmore, the intern, has been out of commission. He'll be posting the polls. So there's going to be a Mount Rushmore. There's going to be a nonce. Again, our intern's been a little behind on that and the scores as well. So we're going to do match week predictions. But with the international break coming up, um, the intern is going to catch up to a lot. We've kept the intern busy with a lot of side things that I can mention maybe in a few months. It's kind of like how I remember you held off some news for the pod. I'm going to hold off some news and we'll let the intern explain later. Uh, a lot of events, a lot of things going on. So let's go ahead and make our predictions. So I call match week 23 plus predictions. We got two games Tuesday, two games Wednesday, a game Friday and the whole weekend. So we have like 14 matches to cover, I believe here. And let's just go in. Let's just go in and get this done. I am doing this on the fly as well. So you ready? Yeah. All right. We got Burnley. By the way, Stephanie Mateau. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Would you buy, would you buy a fart from her? No. Okay. No. So, um, so let's start with, but if I were a fart smeller, probably. Yes. Okay. So you, if you were a fart smeller, you would. All right. Um, (laughs) let's start with, (laughs) let's start with Burnley Watford. Not many people I believe are going to be watching this one. Uh, because it's at the same time as Brighton Chelsea, probably a few more eyes on that. But I'll go Burnley two, Watford nil, Maxwell Cornet. 
Um, I'll go Burnley. Burnley won Watford nil. Um, uh-huh. Is Maxwell Cornet their striker? Yeah, he's on a wing. He's on the wing. I don't know. Their striker is not Chris Wood anymore. So I don't know. What day is this game? Tuesday. So to tomorrow, it's tomorrow because I'm releasing this Monday or today if people oh, okay. listen on their commute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with I'll go with that lad. He said Cornette. Okay. You said one that wood. Cornette. Yeah, no wood, because he got transferred. Yep. All right. Brighton hosts Chelsea. I got Brighton one. Chelsea three. So shout out to the lady who says I don't pick more than two goals. Got Chelsea scoring three. I got Lukaku. I think they'll break through in this game. I'm gonna go um two nil Chelsea. And I'll go with uh Mason Mount. Okay, Mason Mount. Good shout there. Leicester hosts Tottenham on Wednesday. Should be a juicy match. Should be good. I got one one. Harry Kane's my goal scorer. I have uh I have two two nil Tottenham, Harry Kane. Okay, uh, Brentford hosting United Wednesday, and that'll put the end of the midweek matches. I got Brentford one, Man United two, and I think Ronaldo will score a pen. I have the same thing, yeah. All right, then we go to the weekend. So we got a little couple days break. Then we got the weekend matches that were originally scheduled because these are all makeup games. Watford hosting Norwich on Friday. Again, I don't think many people are going to be tuning in. I got Watford two, Norwich nil, Emmanuel Dennis. I got this going 1-1, one, one, and... Uh-huh. I'll go uh, Emmanuel Dennis. Or no, Pookie. Sorry, Pookie. Pookie. All right. Um, and then we, yeah. So there's that one. Pookie watch needs to come back. We'll, I, I will hold off. I will not put it in this episode. But when he scores, we put it in. Uh, Everton hosts Villa. They'll presumably have some sort of a manager then. But I think they'll lose because Villa's up and coming. I got Everton one, Villa three. Ollie Watkins. I got uh, one, two to Aston Villa. Uh-huh. And I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Ollie Watkins. All right. Brentford host Wolves. Wolves play a lot of one nils. I'm gonna stick to it. Wolves one. Brentford nil. Raul. This is tough, but I'll go uh, one nil Wolves and Raul. Okay, one nil Wolves. Raul. Yes. Leeds hosting Newcastle. I I kind of think Leeds are semi back. So they they did beat <laughs> West Ham. I got Leeds three. Newcastle one. Rafinha. I'll go two one Leeds and Harrison. Okay. Uh, who's had who's been red hot? Man United hosts West Ham. To me, this is the match of the week. Well, second match of the week. I just saw what comes later. Uh, I got United one and I have West Ham two. I think this is one of those games that West Ham will counter. Gerard Bowen, your boy. Wow. This <laughs> is the hardest match to predict. Um, I agree with that. <laughs> two one. Fuck, dude. 2-2 two, two, and Antonio. 2-2 two, two, Antonio. Yeah, it will be hopefully a fun one. Southampton hosts Man City. Uh, Southampton 0, oh, Man God. City 3, KDB. Not much of a game. I'll go um, 4-0 City <laughs> yeah. and Foden. Okay. Uh, then we have Crystal Palace hosting Liverpool. I have Palace 1, Liverpool 2, Diego Jota's my goal score. Um, I'll go two nil to Liverpool and uh-huh. Roberto Firmino. All right. Now we have to the stretch run Arsenal Burnley at the uh, Emirates three, nothing Arsenal uh, Smith row. I think it's going to be two nil. Uh-huh. Just cause I think Burnley is very good defensively and they're not going to attack at all. 
Oh, shit. I don't know who to pick. Uh, Martinelli? That's yeah, Martinelli. good shot. He's been scoring. Uh, Leicester host Brighton. Uh, 2-2 Neil Mape. <laughs> shit, I didn't really uh, know there, so. Leicester's at home, so I'll say 1-1. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll go same person, Neil Mape. Okay. And finally, the uh, the big match before the break, the match of the week, Chelsea Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. Therefore, I'll take Chelsea two. I'll take Tottenham one. And I feel like this game will mean something extra for Mason Mount. This is my Mason Mount goal right here. You know what? We're swapping goal scorers. I'll say <laughs> two one, two one Chelsea. Um, I think it'll be close. Um, but I think Lukaku bangs in the winner. Yes. Okay. And that'll be good for them. I think they need, I think that'll be good for his confidence if, if he can get that going. Right. Yeah. All right. So do you, do you want to do a gambling corner? Or do you want to run that on, um, on Twitter? That's we're running a little. Yeah. We could just long. run on Twitter. Run on Twitter. All right, folks. So let us know at uh, your gambling corner prediction or picks. Um, just because I honestly, I I'm trying to think of some off the cusp and I'll figure it out then. Um, and those will all be updated by the intern. I think we're all set with everything else. Sorry, do you have anything else to say before we log off? Um, no, I have nothing to say. I don't think actually. Really? All right. So um, everyone, get ready. Tune in next week. Uh, we have uh, probably a normal episode next week, and I think the panel after. Um, but Real we won't quick. be as early in the week. What's that? Real quick, who are you rooting for in the playoffs? NFL. Ooh, NFL player. Well, I'm I'm rooting for the Cardinals because Rondell Moore plays for them. So I want them to win, or I wouldn't mind Buffalo fans getting a little, you know, a W here because I feel like they've had a tough road. How about you? That's very true. Um, I'm going for the Rams. Oh, so tonight we meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if they don't win, I like I like the 49ers because of uh, Garoppolo, but we'll see. Yeah, local guy. All right, let us know at the footy corner too who you like in the playoffs or who you're rooting for, right? Not necessarily who you think because um, yeah. I don't want to hear – Aside from Steve, I don't want to hear Packers from anyone. So, um, all right. Oh, God. Right. Uh, Purdue and Illinois tipping off. Go Boilers. That's that's all I've got to say. Nothing from you? No. Nothing. Let's send it over to Unai Emery. Aloha. I love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening, good evening, good evening.